are listening to the sermon podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus one person at a time. You know, with this sermon series um, and our culture shock series, are we moving God's values around our culture or are we moving our culture around God's values? And Marty kicked off the sermon series two weeks ago, and it's still been impacting me quite a bit as I think about it, is are you having God, uh, first of all, I used a car analogy, is God even in your car? Is he tucked away somewhere back in the trunk and you have this uh, old relationship with this old you that used to uh, chase and pursue God passionately? He still kind of rides along with you, uh, but he's back there. Or is he actually uh, more of a voice and he sits in the back seat of your car and he is trying to give you help and trying to help you have direction and path and sometimes you listen to him and sometimes you don't? Or is your relationship moved even further along and God is in the, the he's your co-pilot. He's right next to you and he's, he's talking to you and, and you have a relationship with him and sometimes you're involved with him. Or have you got out of the driver's seat in your life? Have you put God in the driver's seat of your car. When you go to make a decision about business, when you go to make a decision about family, when you go to make a decision about finances, when you go to make a decision that's going to be impactful to people around you, where's your counsel? Is he in the front seat? Is he with you? Is he there? Is he the one that you go to? And so I thought that was really impactful when he said, he says, I am the Lord, your God. I am the Lord, your God. Be with me. And last week was great, and we launched life groups and talked about community and how important it is for us to be in community and have community. And this week, we're going to talk about God's name. And we see it as the third commandment, but I titled this, What's in a Name? Uh, Dale Carnegie has a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People. And one of his quotes is here. It says, remember that a person's name is to that person the sweetest and most important sound in any language. I was rereading that chapter this week, and as I, as I was, was going through that principle, talked about uh, there was this big battle that he, that he referenced about uh, sleeping cars. So before they had this, these things called airplanes, rail travel was a pretty big deal. And if you were going to go somewhere, high chances were that you would go there, uh, if it was a long distance, you would go there on a train. And they had these sleeping cars. And so there was this battle between the, the, the uh, Andrew Carnegie of the steel business and the Pullman Rail Car Company. Pullman, I don't know if it has to do with Pullman, uh, our neighbors over there, but the Pullman Rail Car Company. And they were undercutting each other and undercutting each other. And they almost just about undercut each other into no profitability at all in the rail car business. And so one of these days, uh, they were getting together and, uh, yeah, they were in the same, same location. They got together at this hotel and Andrew Carnegie says like, basically to the fact that this is madness. Look at us two fools cutting each other, cutting each other, cutting each other, cutting each other. I have an idea. Would you be willing to hear it? And the guy's like, sure. And so they had this idea, and he talked about how they would come together uh, and pull together, pull their resources, pull their, their, their technology, all those things together. They would come together and form this company that would be profitable and helpful for the, for the, for the country. And the guy's like, this sounds good. What would you call that company? And what do you think Andrew Carnegie did? He said, well, of course, we would call it the Pullman Rail Car Company. And the guy's like, that's a great idea. Let's do it. Because he knew 
that his name mattered. And so when I think about names, even this week I had an appointment with one of my mentors, <clears throat> Spokane Valley pastor, uh, Dan Shields. I'll call you out on this, Dan, right now then. Uh, and, and on my watch, it flipped up and it says, 9 o'clock appointment on Tuesday with uh, Dan Shields and Josh Gray, G-R-E-Y. I was like, Dan, that's not how you spell my name. No, I haven't told him yet. I was like, and it kept reminding me that I had an appointment with me and Josh Gray, G-R-E-Y. And I was like, why does that bother me that my name is misspelled? He doesn't even know my name. No, he knows who I am. Uh, but just these little things. And I, I, I think about this uh, in the big picture is our name. So here's what I want you to do properly, socially distant. Don't touch anybody. I want you to stand up and introduce yourself to somebody that you don't know really quick. Ready? And online, go ahead and go out to your neighbor. and You can go across the street and introduce yourself to. <laughs> introduce yourself to somebody you don't know. All right, friendly church. Everybody's being too nice here. I thank some of you for socially distancing, introducing yourself. Now, when you introduced yourself, did you introduce yourself as, hi, engineer? Hi, farmer? Hi, insurance guy? No, you probably introduced yourself with something that was pretty important to you called your name. I remember, I never really, I never really remember learning to use God's name in vain. And I'm trying to think of the memories in my family, like where I observed it. I didn't grow up in a Christian family. So here's one of my earliest memories of hearing uh, God's name used in vain. My beautiful grandma who passed away, I think this last July, she passed away this last July, actually. Um, not a, uh, not a Christian that I'm aware of. And she, um, we used to play cards every Friday night. We, meaning the adults. And they would have pennies. I remember my dad, you know, we collected our penny poker and they'd have a poker night every night and play cards as a family. That's just something that our great family did. And sometimes they would, well, penny, just so you guys know, it's a little round thing. And it has, I don't know if you guys have ever seen those before. Uh, but a penny actually, uh, is, is the currency. And so I remember sometimes I would get some of the pennies if, if my dad won or something like that. And I remember my grandma sitting there playing cards. And I'm running around the house, and you always wanted to watch and see how things were going. And, and I remember her throwing her cards in the middle of the pile and saying, J.C. Allen or J.C. Ricky. And she said, Jesus Christ, but not in a loving tone because she got duped and lost that card game. They bluffed her. They did whatever. or She forgot what the, what the name was. I also remember my dad and I doing projects together. And again, non-Christian family uh, and growing up and we're doing a project and we have this idea like any times the grays do a project, it's times three. So if it says it takes three hours, that's like nine hours for us. If it says it's going to cost this much, like if you're going to build a house right now, of course it would be the perfect time to build a house because lumber prices are as high as they've ever been, right? Just timed it perfectly. So we kind of have this idea. Even this weekend, my dad and I were talking, he's talking about hooking his Jeep up to uh, the back of his motorhome. And he's like, yeah, it just says it'll take three hours. We're like, okay, well, we should, we should call our friend John, probably get it done in three hours. Otherwise, it'll take us like 10. And so I remember my dad and I, you know, trying to do projects and stuff and never went right for us, it seems like, and hitting your thumb with a hammer or this one time I burned him with a light right underneath his armpit because I wasn't paying attention while we were putting up one of these metal sheds. It was funny. But uh, I thought it was funny. Um, but a lot of GDs in there. And so... Um, and it's funny to think about that. You have a family that doesn't even believe in a God, but they know how to curse him. 
And I wonder if that happens in other faiths. I wonder if the Buddhists do that. Like the guy right now just hit his thumb in India and he's just like, hmm. I wonder if Muslims do that. If they curse their God, I don't think so. And for me, uh, it's more, it's so much more than just a name. It's a window to evaluate your relationship with God, how you treat God and how you refer to God and the reference that you have for God, I would say plays out greatly in how you're going to treat each other. If I'm struggling with the Lord, I don't view you very well. You're my enemy. You're the person that, that tried to, to, to cut me off. You're the person that's out to get me. When I'm having a great relationship with the Lord, I have way more grace for you. And I actually get my eyes transformed and see you the way he sees you as his treasured possession. And so there's an there's a, a inseparable link between how you view God and how you refer to God and how you view and refer or, and how you view other people. And I think that's why th- this is so important. So remember this, that God had, had these 10 commandments and he says, if you want to be my people, if you want to be, I, I've taken you, you're the Hebrews, I've taken you out of slavery in Egypt. If you want to be my people, Moses, tell them what my people should look like. These 10 sayings, these 10, 10 agreements, the basics. This kingdom, this new kingdom was going to be about loving God, a loving God, not a God that demands things of you, that's angry at you, that's mad at you, that thinks you're a mistake. He doesn't think that about you. He's a different kind of God. Here and now, he wanted to reign. He wants to reign in your hearts today. But when you curse him, it's hard, right? It's hard for you to let him reign when you're cursing him. He wants you and I, and he wanted the Hebrews to be his representatives to the world. So let's look at the, 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 the scriptures here and get caught up here in the Ten Commandments. Exodus 27 says, And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. And you think about this, one of the teachings in uh, Bamak I was listening to this week about these are like a marriage covenant. I have no other gods before me. Don't have any other lovers. I want to be your one and only God. I want to love you better than, than, than you could ever imagine being loved. You shall not make for yourself any images in the form of anything in heaven above or on earth beneath or in the waters below. That kind of covers everywhere. Everywhere. Don't have any pictures of other lovers. Just me. You should not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God punishing the children for the sin of their parents to the third and fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing love to a thousand generations of those who love me and keep my commandments. Do you know sitting in here today that someday, even the littlest ones sitting in here today, someday you're going to be a great, 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 grandma or grandpa. And they probably won't know your name. But I didn't say a thousand greats, did I? And can you imagine being a family that has the family values that want to hold on to the commandments, that don't want the culture to change the way that I view God, but want uh, God to change the way that I interact with culture? 
So here we are landing on the commandment we're studying this week. Uh, verse 7 says, You shall not misuse the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not hold anyone guiltless who misuses his name. I like the way the ESV says it. It says, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Let's talk about this. The word vain, as it's rendered in the ESV here, can mean empty. Josh, don't make God's name empty. Can also mean nothing, as it's rendered in the ESV. Hey, Josh, don't make God's name nothing. Can also mean worthless. Hey, Josh, don't make God's name worthless. Can also mean to no good purpose. Hey, your name. Don't make God's name to no good purpose. You see, it's more than just a name. Being in vain means to diminish the reputation of God. You diminish the reputation by how you carry his name. You know, when you became a Christian, if you became a Christian in here, uh, there's a saying, says, you didn't just get a t-shirt when you became a Christian. You were given something very precious, something very special. You were given God's name. He claims you as his child. You are his children. You represent him in the world. How many people have a, in your family, you want to have a good family name? Like this name matters in the community. This is the way I, I was in the gym this week that one time, because I'm very busy, because I'm very busy. And my, my, uh, my workout partner, Adam, I just am getting over my, my soreness from Monday, Tuesday's gym workout. Anyway, I was talking to this gentleman here, and he was talking about uh, a gentleman in the gym, and he was talking about his sons and how they have values and how their values of their name matters and how their name is represented in the community matters. And God's name represented in our communities matter. He was pretty passionate about it. Uh, Leviticus 19.12 says, Do not swear falsely by my name. And so profane the name of God, I am the Lord. Leviticus 24, hey, Moses, here's what I want you to say to the Israelites. Anyone who curses their God will be held responsible. Anyone who blasphemes the name of the Lord is to be put to death. The entire assembly must stone them, whether foreigner or native born, whether uh, when they blaspheme the name, uh, they are to be put to death. So remember when you said you wanted to be a Christian you took on the name. I mean, Christian means to be little Christ or like Christ, right? And we want to be careful. See, God's name is not just a tool to be used to be thrown around when you're frustrated or angry. And are you frustrated or angry at God? His name, he is not a tool to be thrown, about, thrown around. So what is this issue with the name? What is in a name? One of our teachers that we study in our sermon club, uh, Ray Vanderland, talks about uh, a name is, 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 is it's more than just something simple. It's an identity. It's a reputation. It has authority. It's your description. It's even your destiny. I remember my son getting frustrated when he found his name out. His name was Jacob and what he thought Jacob meant. 
He was like, I'm a liar. I'm a heel grabber. And I remember one of our teachers teaching on why he named his son, his son's middle name, uh, Jacob, Jacob, that you have a zest, you have a passion. So then he starts to transform how he thought about his name, that you have a zest. You're willing to claw and fight and scratch and anything to be closer to God. Your name matters. It's so powerful that even the Egyptian and Hebrews did not believe something even existed if it didn't have a name. So taking God's name in vain isn't so much it's just merely swearing. It's anything that would actually cheapen the reputation of God. Jesus says it positively uh, when we say, Our Father, Matthew 6, 9, says, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. May your name be made great. May your name, may, may your name be risen up. May your name be in the community that changes things. Hallowed be your name. God. To me, uh, as I evaluate myself and my walk, what comes out of my mouth in reference to God is a great window to what's going on in my heart and in my soul. It's an indicator of what's going on inside. And guess who cares dramatically about what's going on inside of your heart and in your life? Your creator, God in heaven. He cares dramatically about what you think. He cares dramatically about how you treat people around you. So to call your Christian, yourself a Christian uh, implies that you're living a life that you want to mimic what Christ looks like. Uh, that, what does a Christian look like? I'm, I'm sure nobody in here went to a party last night because it's COVID season, right? I'm sure there's no parties going on. Yes, thank you. Very no parties, zero, right? But like, oh, that's what a Christian looks like at a party. Or how about when I cut that guy off this week? True story, right? By Jimmy Johns. I thought it was my green light. It was his. It was my fault. I cut him straight off and I had that total like, eh, like where you kind of like, my bad. Like, sorry, I know I'm an idiot. Eh. Like, totally me. Okay, guy in the gray truck with the Air Force sticker. Yep, that guy's an idiot. But like, okay. Like, how did I react in the car? How about his name on social media? How about at church? How about at the grocery store? How about at the football game? How about cheering on your kid at a basketball game? Let's pause right here and talk about the sucker story. So I get to watch my daughter play basketball. And I sit next to the Watson family, which is an awesome family that goes to our church. Our daughter's the same age. We've been journeying with sports with them from football with our boys. All this, so I'd like to sit right next to them. So I'm sitting next to somebody that go, I go to church with. <laughs> it's very helpful. We walk in. We usually get four or five of these apple caramel suckers. And they have a distinct purpose. They have a distinct purpose. So there's this one time where the official evidently missed a charge and it just happened to be connected with my daughter. And I might've got a little out of hand. Hopefully I wasn't wearing any real, I seriously, when I go to a basketball game, I try not to wear anything that says real life on it. I'm like, I just can't, like the mask are probably going to be great if that's still going on. I'll just be like, yeah, full mask, ski mask. So anyway, so I was sitting there and uh, my daughter was in position 
And this guy obviously doesn't know what a charge is. And now my five, six daughter, who's never going to probably play basketball after high school if she doesn't want to, uh, and just cost her a scholarship, which isn't even true, right? I just lose my mind, and I want to start the chant, I'm blind, I'm deaf, I want to be a ref. Come on, everybody. You know, and I offend blind and deaf folks now, and I'm the pastor, and lose my mind, and all of a sudden it's just whoosh, sticker or sucker right in my mouth, like right here. Carrie's like, here, here you need this. So we have the suckers to keep in our mouths, and then I can kind of talk. And they don't really know what I say, and they just think I'm weird. But sometimes my wife has had to leave the state, leave the leave the room once too. She got a little out of hand. I'm like, no more suckers, but you're out of here. But that matters. You don't want to see your idiot pastor yelling at some poor forty dollar an hour, forty dollar a game ref, twenty dollar a game ref for some call that doesn't matter in the big history of things. Thank goodness I'm so quiet. A lot of families have values about not giving the family a bad name. Here's the truth. We're part of a much bigger family. We're part of a bigger family at this church, and we're part of an even bigger family, the family of God. It's more than just a name. It's a reputation. It's a way of life. It's what was sacrificed for on the cross. When we wanted to, to Jesus on the, he sacrificed to hallow, to raise up the name of God. It's more. It's more than just a name. It's an indicator where your heart could be. And God cares very much about your heart and your heart for his people and your heart for him. So as we go to this time of communion, please go ahead and pull out your communion elements. Those of you at home, pull out your communion elements, your goldfish, your grape juice. As we think about this, I want us to look at some discussion igniters for those of uh, folks that are going to have some more cool discussions about this tonight or in this week in your life groups. That's what's cool about uh, our life groups and stuff is the discussion doesn't stop here. We can dive deeper and talk more about this with people. And what does this look like? We can have places where we hold each other accountable. So here's some discussion igniters for your life group or if you're around your kitchen table with your family. What are some experiences you've had with a name being misused, whether it was yours or someone else's or God's. What does that look like? As you were growing up, how was God's name used in your family? I've heard many stories about people eating some soap based on how they used God's name. What correlations do you see between how you treat God and his name and how you treat others? What are some of the indicators in your life that you might be getting off track? And how can we partner with God and each other to bring glory and honor to his name in our communities? 
to hallow his name outside of these walls. See, this is great. This is neat. This is nice that we're here and that we get a little message. And I love worshiping with you guys. But what, what about tomorrow? What about your workplace? What about employees? What about your neighbors? What about Tuesday? What about Wednesday? Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday? When do you, when do you take a break from his name? He never took a break from us. Then there was Jesus in the valleys, in the mountains. He always is and he always was. He's not taking a break from us. We shouldn't take a break from pursuing him. We certainly shouldn't take a break from hallowing his name. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, he took the bread and we give him thanks. He broke it and said, this is my body. This is for you. Let's remember his name. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this. Whenever you drink it, remember his name. Father God, I just uh, ask that you would just continue to have your hands upon all of us as we seek to, to move our life around you and not you around our culture. Let us be a people that hallows your name greatly. Not the name of a church, not the name of a pastor, but your name. You are the king of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You want to bless us thousands of generations deep. You want us to have a life that's honoring, that makes a difference. You, have, you want us to be your people. Help us to be your people in our community. Help us to understand this is a lot more than just a name. This is the name. It is your name. Let us, let us represent it well. We see that in your precious name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.